Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello and welcome fellow explorers. Thank you for diving in with us today. Our mission is to explore beyond comfort zones. What should we explore next? We would love to hear from you with a new challenge. Send us a message on the contact us section of our website, sirensoapbox.com. Fill out that form and let us know what you want us to do. While you're there, check out our blog, sign up for an explore class, those are going to be happening on Eventbrite. Our first class is Explore Cooking with Siren Murr. Register now to grab your spot in July. Did you know that there is actually something to the saying, stop and smell the roses? That's right. According to PositivePsychology.com, Ikigai is a concept that has been rooted in the cultural fabric of Japan for centuries and simply means reason to live. One of the goals and pillars on which Ikigai stands is recognizing and experiencing joy in little things. Central to this is the search for mindfulness or feeling present and curiosity in all that we do. Whether we're working on a spreadsheet or enjoying a cup of coffee, Ikigai and similarly a sense of flow is present. You soon realize that nothing is mundane and that we find pleasure in the simplest of things. For example, making a cup of tea. Fully attend making the cup of tea rather than daydreaming. Focus on the smoothness of the cup in your hands, the smell of the tea, and feel the heat of the water. Watch as your hands move as you make the tea. Watch as the water swirls and moves in the cup. Be present in what you're doing and creating. We'll post a link to this article in a practice worksheet so you can try this for yourself. But the way that the sirens dove into this exercise on focusing on the little things was to follow the lead from Mama Goblin and Keeper of the Olympic Coven, Emily Dubious. She challenges herself to find treasures along the beach, sometimes upping the ante by trying to find each color of the rainbow. Even as a TikTok viewer, you are really feeling present in the current activity that she is doing. We set out to find our own shore treasures and make our own rainbows. Let's hear how the adventure went. But first, if at any time the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is? Mango. 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 <laughs> first up on her soapbox is myrrh. For this challenge, I drove out to Brookville Lake, which I think is the closest shore to me aside from the Ohio River. But I don't really have a good place to hike along the Ohio River and look for rocks. So anyway, Brookville Lake it was. Um, I tried to make a rainbow from rocks I found on the beach there, but I was only able to find red, orange, and green rocks. I did, though, enjoy getting out to the lake and getting my feet in the water. Sometimes I find it important just to be near a body of water. So following Mama Goblin or Emily Dubious on TikTok the last few weeks has reminded me to slow down and take a look around, be present. I've noticed more rainbows in the last week than I have in my entire life. In fact, I went on another little jaunt yesterday and found all the colors of the rainbow and took pictures. I'll post them later. One color I couldn't find on my walk was blue, but I remembered the blue on my tattoo and decided to cheat using that. And uh, then I noticed the rainbow of colors in my own yard, raspberries, coneflower, daffodil, baby grapes, one teensy tiny little blueberry, and of course, lavender. And knowing that I have a complete rainbow of color in my own yard brings me incredible joy. Emily also inspires me to be creative. I love her three color challenges where followers can submit ideas to her for her doodling plus three numbers that correspond with a marker color and then she creates that doodle for them i know she just filled up a book but i hope she starts a new book soon because i want to challenge her to create an octopus taking a picture using three seven and eleven <laughs> sarah how are you at finding rainbows well i had a lot of fun with the rainbow hunt this past weekend, I was on a motorcycle trip with Bill and my sister-in-law, Lisa, 
And usually those trips are pretty busy and fast paced, obviously with us being on motorcycles. So it was nice to take the time to actively slow down a little and really take in our surroundings. I mean, I find that even when visiting new places, I feel like we can move pretty quickly from one activity to the next. Although I am one of those people that likes to go slowly through a museum, looking at everything and reading all about everything. So doing the rainbow hunt felt a little bit like that, slowing down and looking at everything around me. Only I had to make up my own story about everything that I found, which was kind of fun. At first I found natural things like flowers, but then I really slowed down and searched for the lost treasures or not so treasures as some of the things that I found were kind of not treasury, but junky, but kind of cool anyway. Um, I'm nowhere near as good at it as Emily is though. She certainly has an eye for finding all of those really, really neat things on the ground. My short treasure hunting was less than successful, however. I went for a walk around one of the lakes in our neighborhood and it wasn't really amazing. The treasures were mostly plastic water bottles and a tennis shoe. I guess that is something lost. I did look for some fun shaped rocks, but I don't think I gave myself enough time when I was out there. And after watching some more of Emily's videos, I realized I just needed a slightly more positive attitude while searching, I think. Um, as far as rainbows out there, um, all of those rocks are typical neighborhood lake rocks and they were all great. I did take a video while I was out there doing my shore treasure hunting, um, but when I played it back, it made me a little nauseous because I was trying to follow a gorgeous blue dragonfly for a while. Um, and I did find him, but um, I don't know if you can actually see him in the video because literally my video, it goes like this, if you can imagine. But anyway, I am looking forward to getting back out there and doing some more treasure hunting. But I have to admit that it's almost more fun watching Emily's videos because she's just so funny and the variety. You just go from one video to the next and so many different things to watch. It's so much fun. Jess, what was your adventure like? Well, it was not super successful with finding the rainbow, but I loved being challenged to slow down and look for the little things. I did my search during my weekly beach cleanup. I go every Saturday morning. Unfortunately, I did not find every color of the rainbow on the shore, and most of it was made up of microplastics, which made me really sad and is a strong reminder of how we need to take better care of our waters. But it was so nice to just take my time and pay attention to what I was picking up. I did end up making what I'm going to call a shoreline instead of a rainbow, because most of what I found was shades of blue and white. I did also find a super cool purple hair clip in the shape of a dolphin, I don't know if those of you that grew up in the 90s remember the banana clips, but it was one of those in the shape of a dolphin and it was purple. One of the other volunteers at cleanup really liked it and took it home, which I was okay with because I'm not sure I would have put it in my hair anyways, since I'm not sure where it's been. But this challenge really made me realize that I need to spend more time appreciating the paradise that I live in and slow down onto island time. Elsie, where did you manage to find a shoreline in the middle of Ohio? I mean, come on, it's me. I'm going to find a shoreline somewhere. <laughs> For this challenge, we took the opportunity to explore the Little Miami River. We've done this plenty of times in the past, but now because it's in our neighborhood, it gave us the perfect chance to slow down and really check out the river. What we immediately notice is that we wish we brought a trash bag with us to get some of that trash out. Definitely something that we plan on doing the next time we visit the river. Hopefully, it's not uh, why you see all that ocean trash, Jess, <laughs> all the way from Ohio. Uh, but then we went hunting, and I found a lot of really cool horn coral fossils and brachiopod fossils, and that's not something I've done in years. So it was really exciting to find fossils again. But I was here for the pretty colors, and immediately I found some green river glass. Not quite as pretty as sea glass, but I had an epiphany. Since all rivers lead to the ocean, maybe if I didn't pick it up, it would eventually become pretty sea glass. I wonder how far that stuff travels before we find it on the beach. I found a couple really colorful, pretty rocks, and they were way prettier when they were wet. And then I noticed my totally amateur rookie move. I wore pants without pockets and had nowhere to store my goodies. No. But thankfully, 
My husband had some pockets on him and he held my treasures for me. I did find a piece of broken pottery and that reminded me of Cheney from St. Croix. I did find a big blue and white striped towel that was left behind. Am I the only one that likes to make up stories about what might happen to these things when they're left behind? Like maybe they were out for a picnic and it started to downpour and they had no room to grab this towel in this quick escape. And I like to say it a lot, but this, any recording we do is always a perfect excuse for whatever. And for this challenge, it was a perfect excuse to slow down. We shouldn't have to need excuses, but it was nice and relaxing to recharge my batteries and look for small treasures. It reminded me of being on vacation and looking for the shells and shark teeth. Thank you, Emily, for reminding us how to slow down, enjoy the journey, watch over sacred covens, and live life a little bit more creatively. TC, what was your favorite thing about this challenge? Sounds like it's in common with everyone else. My favorite part of this challenge was that it truly reminded me to slow down. You might think that someone who lives on an island in the Caribbean, a culture known for taking things slow, I might have learned to slow down a bit by now. And sometimes I do. But when I'm not thinking about it, I tend to start rushing around again. The other day I was walking the dogs, walking with a purpose. They needed to potty after their breakfast. So I was walking like a girl with a mission. I know where their favorite potty spots are and I was headed there and not really paying attention to anything else. Within my view, flowers, birds, the Caribbean sea, and I wasn't taking in any of it. Then I looked down and I noticed a little green Monopoly house. And I thought, oh, something green. And then it clicked that I would enjoy this moment more if I slowed down and looked at things. So I did. I took time to appreciate the sun shining and the breeze blowing, to appreciate the two good boys on the end of the leashes I was holding, the sounds of the birds and the crunch of the pebbles under our feet. And so for the last few weeks, I had been specifically slowing down and enjoying my walks with the dogs. Sometimes I try to see how many different colored flowers I can find, and sometimes I look on the ground for treasures. For the rainbow challenge, I chose to walk the beach at Columbus Landing. This is a beach where supposedly Christopher Columbus landed. While walking and looking, a side hunt crossed my mind. I decided I was going to find a rainbow of bottle caps, the metal kind. I found red, gold, green, blue, and purple almost the rainbow, no orange or real yellow. So the gold was my stand-in for both of those colors. But now I noticed that I pay more attention to the artwork on bottle caps, which is a nice side benefit. My two favorite finds, a pink heart maze game. I'm sorry, pink heart maze game. And drum roll, bonus dinosaur. A brontosaurus. And this was especially fun because we just recently watched the new Jurassic Park. As for the bottle caps, I'm going to keep looking for an orange and a yellow. Maybe I'll create something with them. Speaking of creating, Emily Dubious is a content creator who likes to focus on the, cre on the chaotic side of life and creativity. Emily explains, creativity is not just about art. It's a way of seeing the world. She's known for going to the beach or even just for walks and finding treasures. She also notices lost items, then draws them as part of her 100 Lost Things series. Emily enjoys being unapologetically enthusiastic about the things that she enjoys and sharing that enthusiasm with others. Sirens, please welcome Emily Dubious to this episode of Siren Soapbox. Welcome, Welcome, Emily. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Emily, we're curious what made you start looking for treasure. How did all this get started? Well, I think the true, true beginning as I think so many people share, is in childhood. We look for treasures a lot when we're kids. There's that enthusiasm, that exploration. When you're a child and rocks in your garden become the treasures for, you know, become your pirate treasure or what uh, whatever game you're playing, it, you start looking for those little things. And, you know, even, the mundane is so amazing when looked through a child's imagination. So it sort of starts there, um, that sort of childhood enthusiasm about all of those little things that you enjoy. 
And I think we all go through that phase, you know, when you're a teenager and suddenly you're too cool for all of that and everything's, you know, <laughs> suddenly like, oh, no, I'm far too cool for all of these childish things. And it sort of keeps going into adulthood. I think we get trained a lot to sort of forget a lot of the joy and enthusiasm of our childhood. And I just went through a phase. I, I went through a, a point where I thought it's a shame that we're trained to forget those things that we sort of think oh, I'm an adult, so I'm not allowed to enjoy these things anymore because they're childish. And you think, surely the benefit of being an adult is that you can do what you like. And you don't, you suddenly you don't have parents telling you what you can and can't do or adults telling you what you can and can't do. So why can't you enjoy those same, those same things? And I believe there was a quote, oh God, I should have looked that up before I came on here. But there is, um, I think it was a famous author said something along the lines of, one of the joys about being an adult is being able to be unapologetically childish again. And definitely that was a, was a, a sort of start to it. And then, yeah, once, once you start looking for anything, it's hard to stop seeing it again. Once you start, once you pick something and start to try noticing it, you start seeing it everywhere. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes to spot. And so once I started looking for treasures, you know, at first, the, the sea glass I used to find on the beaches back where I used to live in Essex in England, they start out being, you know, really big, chunky bits. And I was only finding these big, massive bits of sea glass and things like that. And then the more you look, the more refined that gets, the more practiced you get. And you start seeing the smaller and smaller and smaller things. And like you said, TC, about you start by looking for a rainbow and then you think, ah, bottle caps I'm going to specifically look for these these things this rainbow you start to see patterns and uh, in the things you see and the things you find and you're like oh I will try and find specifically that today and you start to have a little more fun with it and it just builds from there and, and once you start I find it very very difficult to stop we have a particular beach that's really good for sea glass and we have on our island what we call Cheney and it's I noticed you found some in your videos it's the broken pieces of of pottery that are all different colors it's called Cheney here and people oh, make wow. necklaces and everything out of it so it's the the thrill of the find is part of it but it's also just the enjoyment of the hunt absolutely it, it is that it's looking for it I get asked a lot in the comments on my TikTok videos I get asked why are you collecting the sea glass? Why are you collecting these treasures? What are you doing with them? And I tend to say, okay, I did go through a phase of making jewelry out of um, out of the sea glass and bits and pieces, but that wasn't why I was collecting it. I didn't collect it to make jewelry. I collected it for the thrill of collecting, just for the sheer joy of of picking up those bits, of filling a jar with it, of laying out all the pieces on the table and arranging them by different categories you do it once by size once by color once by shape you just keep playing around with it and it was for that the thrill of that uh, but then you end up with you know 20 jars in your house full of the stuff and you think I've got to do something with this <laughs> it's, it's time to become a problem so jewelry was kind of just a way of me getting it back out of my house again um, rather than a sort of aim very much as you said the aim is the th the thrill of the hunt and the excitement of that Ooh, treasure hunts like there's just something about that whatever your treasure is your treasure could be a bunch of different things I remember I once used to look out for in charity shops I used to look out for folio society editions of books which is that very swanky uh, book publishers and they 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 sort of reprint books in very fancy hard book covers with their own box and folio society written on it somewhere and if you go to charity shops sometimes you can find one and I used to just go into a charity shop and look for those as well so the treasure can be anything it doesn't have to be sea glass it doesn't have to be dinosaurs it doesn't have to be specific things it can be whatever your interest is there's there's treasure in everything really what's your favorite thing that you've found while you were treasure hunting oh I get asked that so much and it's so hard to it's so hard to pick <laughs> there's so many different things um I definitely love, as many of my TikTok followers know, I do love finding glass beads um, because there's just something about them. They're not just, a, they're not broken as such because the bead itself is still intact, uh, even if it's from a broken necklace or whatever. But there's just something about it. It's not just a miscellaneous shard. It's got almost a purpose and something to it, but it still has that frosted nature. So I think one of my favorite things is this very vivid, bright blue 
um, very sort of aquamarine-y, um, tealy, bright blue bead. And it's quite large as well. It's not that sometimes you find beads and they're very small or they're broken. And this was a good sort of half a centimeter sized, beautiful piece that just, it felt like actually finding treasure. I'm under no illusions. I know what I'm finding is broken glass. <laughs> I know, I know what I'm picking up is trash. It's very much one man's trash is another man's treasure sort of thing. But this felt like finding treasure, which was just very intoxicating in the moment, certainly. Have you ever found anything of like actual monetary value? Probably not. <laughs> if I have, I'm unaware of it. Um, I do have people again in my comments when they see things I pass, a lot of people say, oh, you're passing up all the agates or that could have been um, uh, ambergris or, or maybe there's this and there's definitely a place near where I go treasure hunting called Ruby Bay um, and the legend is that uh, it's possible to find real rubies there and you know the, mm. the myths of oh someone found a ruby worth this much money or oh. but I don't think I've ever found anything of true monetary value and I feel like even if there was something I feel like I wouldn't notice it and I would probably miss it almost entirely just because that concept of it is so far from what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. it it's so not at the forefront of what I'm doing it would have to be coincidence that I would have to pick something up take it to um, one of those you know shops where they value things and you know if the shop person was savvy at all they would say oh this is trash I should take that from you and, uh, <laughs> oh, and that's a really yeah, sure, pretty okay. sea glass you got there yeah. <laughs> I would buy this from you for 10 pounds I'm like yeah sure okay bye and see it on ebay two weeks later what he's selling this for a thousand pounds i've been duped um, <laughs> so we, no i've not found anything of monetary value sadly we sometimes when we're diving we look for things on the bottom of the sea and i have a friend who is particularly good at finding things that the rest of us swim right over it's like this big crusty blob of nothing and he picks it up and it's the hilt of a sword that's like hundreds and hundreds of years old. And he's like, I found this hilt of a sword. And he found this, um, some kind of clay cup that is worth thousands of dollars. And he's sending it off to get it auctioned. And the rest of us are just like, la, 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 just swimming <laughs> right past it. That's amazing, though. Yeah, I imagine you must find, you hear again, you hear tales of some of the incredible stuff you find on ocean floors have you ever been past mm -hmm. like a ship or anything or anything like that no i mean there are you know sunken boats and things but not like one that we just discovered one time my group of friends discovered an old anchor so that's about as, as close as we've gotten to that but it is it's fun to look i still look for the broken bits of of pottery the cheney that's what i'm looking for that's really just trash but very fun to find absolutely see your story is so much cooler than than mine was going to be. Um, so about 10 years ago, along the little Miami, I was walking on a path next to the river and out of the mud, I see the tiniest little speck of blue. And hello, I love blue. So of course, I it caught my eye. I start digging it out. It was about this big and it was a fully intact, empty poison glass. It was about 100 years old. We looked it up online and it was amazing. It was beautiful. And my son who was like i don't know four at the time picked it up and dropped it right no. in half so now now it's, it's just oh, no. broken glass and i still have the two pieces and they're like sitting together i'll have to take a picture and like send it in but i was just so sad because that was the coolest find. like for hundreds of years this thing was probably like in the river completely fine and then my four-year-old got a hold oh, Connor <laughs> right it survived so much, so much change, so much, and got through the all the changes of the local area, the river, all the sorts of things. Like nothing World survives wars. the hands of a four-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I wonder. Certification dive in a quarry. Where no, it was East Fork Lake, and uh, it was uh, this visibility was negative fifty, I think. And uh, <laughs> I uh, put my hand down and touched the, the bottom and came up with a picture like a pitcher, a silver plated pitcher. It was kind of cool. I still oh, have that's that. That's cool. That yeah. is awesome. 
Oh, see, I wonder what happened to the poison that was inside your bot the bottle. Like it fell out hmm, when there's when broke it. There's a whole story there. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, hundred yeah. years ago, someone's carrying around a tiny bottle of poison. Why? Well, I mean, that's how they used to store their medicine back then. It would say poison, just like how it says like danger, you know, medicine or whatever now. Or it killed somebody and their ghost just at Bobby Mackey. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I, I was thinking that. about stories like that. I, yeah, it is I'm, fun making up stories or thinking what the story could be for the things that you find. I, I've wanted to do for a while. It, it's quite an intense art project, so I haven't got around to it quite yet. But I have been thinking about whenever I find a bit of the, what was it, Cheney? The ceramic or the, the pottery, um, especially the ones that have uh, patterns on them. And I've always wanted to like look at the pattern and then reimagine what it came from and try and redraw or recreate the plate, the jug, the jar, the cup, whatever that piece was from, and do sort of an imagining of what maybe the original looked like. Maybe do a bit of research if it was a very common pattern and find an example and base that off of it. But I've always wanted to do a little series where I do a photo of the shard that I find and then a reimagining of what it might have come from. Um, That's really cool. cool. Yeah, it's a cool idea. It requires some execution, which I have not yet got around to, <laughs> but maybe one day. If anyone else wants wants to jump on that idea please I offer it out if anyone else wants to try that themselves so do you ever imagine stories that go along with the the little lost things that you find like the story of how the minion had ended up on a post-growing moss <laughs> absolutely it is it's hard not to when I, lo I loved the lost things project I did it in 2020, uh, where I, I started out, as everyone did, the year of 2020, a bit more optimistic, and I was doing it myself and looking for things. Obviously, by March, uh, everyone's not going out as much, and it became a lot harder to see quite so many, and I suddenly thought, oh, I'm not going to get to 100. So I opened it up to my friends and said, if you see a lost thing while out and about, please take a photo and send it to me. I want to finish this project. And even more so when friends are sending you them because you've got the photo there and you're really looking at it and you're like, oh, what happened here? What's the story here? Especially ones that are like scooters in trees or very <laughs> like a, a single a friend of mine found a single strawberry like in the middle of Gatwick Airport and things like that that are just almost open themselves up to some strange story um, of broken toys or miscellaneous objects in strange places and sometimes you really can't help but think imagine what that story could be and why this is here and obviously the more the more ridiculous the more fun it is so do you do a 100 lost things project each year that was the initial plan part of the part of the chaotic creative lifestyle that i lean into is i I find it very difficult to focus on a project for a long period of time. I, I think a lot of people have this issue. I, I talk to people about it um, where you have a, I have a spur of energy and I will do a project and I do it for a few weeks and I'm really into it and I'm doing it every day and I make great headway. Then something happens and I drop it and it just doesn't keep going. And I find it really hard to get back into do. It's why my favorite style of story is a short story. I love collections of short stories because when that inevitable drop happens, instead of being most of the way through a single book, you've you've got much less to catch up on if you're just halfway through a short story. Um, so it's a little easier to recover from. But uh, initially I had thought about doing one every year, but especially with, the, I think, the pandemic, by the time 2021 came about, it was just really hard to find the motivation to get into it again it was it was just quite a long quite a long time we're not going to dwell on that too much but 2022 looking a lot more optimistic and what with my um, TikTok success I was able to open it up a bit more and having submissions from all over the world is very exciting just being able to see the different things that, that are around the world and hearing the stories because people will share I found this in this place, I was doing this, this is what was happening, I was wondering this. So you often get a little snippet of the story of the person who found it as well, not just the item itself, which is an extra like level to it, which I do really enjoy. So how mm. many objects are you up to for 2022? For 2022, I am at 
I'm in the 30s, so I've got to catch okay. up a bit, but I do have quite a lot. I have plenty of submissions. That, that's the other great thing about opening up to submissions is once I fall behind of the actual drawing, I'm still perfectly on track submission-wise. So I've definitely had more than 100 submissions, actually. I've, I've had to start curating them slightly and picking sort of my favourites or, you know, there's there's a lot of lost hats and gloves out there. So sometimes I try to, you know, mix it up a bit and pick a make sure that after a hat there's a toy or a random food item or, or making sure it's a bit varied um, but I, I am hoping very much I'm in the middle of moving house at the moment so everything's pretty much on hold but once I've moved I'm very much looking forward to catching up with the Lost Things project in particular. Are you going to publish the Lost Things drawings into a book? I What's would your goal? Like- I, I, I bit a bit like with the sea glass how I, I start collecting it and then end up having to come up with something to do with it because that was never the aim. Similar with the lost things, I, I didn't have a goal to start with. Um, I'm just thinking again, sadly, because I am in the middle of moving, it is packed away somewhere. Otherwise, I would show you. I will, if I can find it, I'll take a picture and send it to you later. But I did for the 2020. I hand printed, hand printed. I, I personally printed a, a little zine. So I made like a little little booklet. Uh, with sort of four or five lost things per page. So I took the drawings, shrunk them down, arranged them. Um, My dad helped me by sending me, because I was driving myself mad trying to work out how I could position them on a page so that when I folded it, they'd all be in the right order. (laughs) And I had no idea what I was doing. And my dad was like, here you go. Don't worry, I'll send you the map. (laughs) And so I have that file somewhere. Um, But I've got it so that, yeah, you... I just print it out in about four sheets of A4 and then you they're double-sided, cut them in half, fold them. They all fit together. It's all nicely in order. And I made a little cover for it and they're little, a little zine. So I have that for myself and I have been thinking of getting that done as a, as a um, sort of as a little print run maybe because people do really enjoy it. I, I thought it would just be something silly that I was doing, but people really, really take to it and really love sending submissions and are really interested in it as a series. There's something about a lost thing that everybody kind of emotionally connects with. Well, I find it inspiring that, you know, you started this in 2020, you picked it, tried it again in 2021, and now here you are 2022 doing it again. Like there's something to be said for not giving up on something, you know, I'm that's, that's inspiring alone. And I think that I would buy a coffee table book that had a hundred lost things in it. Why not? That would be really cool to have in your living room. It's really good to know. I will, I will definitely <laughs> get back onto that. Uh, I would like to make the 2022 one specifically into something. I feel like that would be, especially because it's a bit more, the 2021, it was mostly from like three cities. It was my city. And then I had two friends that were really invested in sending me things So from their <laughs> city. So it was pretty much just from three places and occasionally somewhere else. Whereas 2022 are from all over the world and all over the place and all the different states in America and things like that so that's really fun so I I am quite keen on doing something a bit more with 2022's one I think it could totally be a coloring book and like a journal writing prompt so on one page is your picture and you color it and on the (laughs) next page it's a writing prompt like who lost this item or when and how was this item lost or whatever question you have about the item could be the writing prompt that yeah. is an excellent idea because I, I had actually approached some of my friends who are writers and asked, would you be interested in submitting for every lost thing I do? Uh, I'm not too good with the written word as much as I am drawing. So I thought some friends of mine who are short story writers and poets, I thought, would you be interested in writing for each lost thing? Either a really short story, obviously, about 100 or so words would be apt or a, uh, or a poem based on each lost thing. But the idea of actually having it blank and letting people do their own interpretation is a super cool idea. And I might steal that idea. (laughs) You're going to have to buy one to see when it comes out. I'll send you a free one for giving the idea, obviously. I like it still being a coffee table book with a blank page. Because I can just imagine like having friends over and looking through it and like, Ooh, what's your idea for what happened here and have like each of your friends write a couple sentences about what they think happened because I imagine like 
as the night goes on and more adult beverages are consumed, the stories are probably going to get grander and grander. I love you, that idea, Jess. You could have lots of little spots for people to write that. I, I like to buy random books and have them be um, autograph books for my guests. I live in the Caribbean, so I get a lot of guests and they can just right now it's a sea glass book and you can open it up and sign oh, yeah. any page. But this would be a good like a, a guest autograph book or whatever that is really cool i had a, there's there's a series of books which are sort of like um 625 and they're a whole series so they have 625 drawing prompts 625 writing prompts 625 etc cetera, etc cetera. there's a whole sort of series of them and a friend of mine did exactly that they had the 625 drawing prompts i think in their house and whenever a guest left they went right you have to you have to draw something in the book and you had mm -hmm. to flip through and pick one and just do your best doodle uh, for the prompt and and eventually they filled the book and it's really really fun to look through i love that yeah. idea i'm, I'm going to use that at my new house Heck yes. yeah i'm also moving so i will use that in my new house <laughs> <laughs> They could also make the lost things like uh, playing cards. Everybody draws a card and everybody comes up with a story. Whoever that round, whoever has the best story. Oh my God. It's a keep game. That card. It's a game. <laughs> I do love those games. There are games which are um, trying to remember. There's a, there's, there's a game where uh, you, you get cards with um, sort of skills or abilities on. And then the idea is that you have to, uh, pick a bunch of skills and abilities to do to to apply for a job so the person is an interview an interviewer and they say I am applying for this job and you have to use the skills or objects or abilities you have to say I would be good for this job because I have these things but oh. so a version of that where they're objects and yeah you have to I don't know escape an escape room you have to get out of this situation using oh, these yeah. lost objects you have that's that's a cool idea that's so fun hmm. there's like so many options it's really cool so what well, has been a fun little business brainstorming session? <laughs> <laughs> brainstorming situation for for business here. We're gonna have to come up with. Hmm. Yes. So we need we to get together more often and just else? come up with more ideas. Now, I was gonna ask, what is the weirdest thing or grossest thing you found, or that somebody submitted, or both? That's a very very cool one. I do like that. Um, I definitely, for finding stuff on the beach, I've certainly found, um, what was it? Like, I, I found a, a sort of the sort of doll arm that I want to do a series, or if not a series, like a, um, a special collection called 100 Cursed Objects, as opposed to 100 Lost Things. Because sometimes you find something and you're a bit like, that is probably, that is haunted. I'm, I'm probably going to be cursed if I pick this up. And one of those was like baby arms. Um, I have a friend of mine sent me, something that she found in her garden and it was I don't even know it was a screaming face it was a like a, a stone carved in stone obviously from some kind of um, statue or something once upon a time but it it was like a screaming face that was in pain and she found it half buried in her garden when they were going through the flower pots and I was just like what no. is that Put it back. <laughs> yes. Leave it there. Leave it there. Yeah. Leave it. Don't, Don't touch it. <laughs> Get some salts. I don't know. Put a ring around it. Just back away. Although Holy water. <laughs> that does give me a really fun idea for a practical joke when I sell the house. Oh. <laughs> Excellent there choice. I should send you a picture that I have. I went hiking at Red River Gorge and we were like two miles in. And at the end of it, there is a ring of stones. And I'm like, well, that's that's weird. And I got closer to it. There was an egg sandwich in the middle of these stones. And somebody drew a star, like a, what what is it? Like an upside down star. Pentagram, and, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not touching this. And I'm like, of course, on the way home, I'm Googling, like, what does this even mean? Is this some sort of offering? It was the weirdest thing out in the egg middle of the woods. Sandwich. A very specific kind of demon that wants egg sandwich sacrifices. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is, the, but the weird um, thing about that is that it was an egg sandwich, and whoever right. left it couldn't have been that far in front of you, oh. right? That's true. That's that's that, if it had been more than a few days, that. that would somebody would like something would have eaten that, right? But who leaves an egg sandwich? That's that's what I'm confused about. Why would you leave an egg sandwich? 
It's a vegetarian demon that he wants to solve. <laughs> so weird. Only eggs and bread. Ugh, it was the weirdest thing. That is very weird. <laughs> I want to know the story behind that one. That's going in the book. <laughs> I don't have, have a photo, a... but I'll do. I'll do an artist's rendering. Of... Did you oh, no. take a picture, Elsie? Of course I did. Yeah, she <laughs> sent that. Send well, it. She sent that to us. Yeah. Oh, I must have missed that. I don't remember oh. seeing it. Dang. Yeah, I was very creeped out. <laughs> oh, so how many skull beads do you have left to find? <laughs> oh, no. are, are you finding more now that you're moving? <laughs> yes, that is the hope. The hope is that I will actually find them all now, because I I got to a point with them where. They were take. I was. I was not finding any more. I have about twenty five. I think left, um, or certainly in the sort of mid twenties. And I was thinking, why am I not finding any more of these? Twenty is still quite a few. They must be somewhere. And I was thinking about it, and I think that's they're probably in or under furniture. I'm guessing now by this point. I'm imagining that they've fallen off things and rolled under furniture, and that it's all quite heavy stuff. I'm like, I'm not moving this until we move out. But now we're moving out. So I'm very excited to hopefully find all of the remaining ones. And obviously everything that gets packed into a box, I'm like shaking and upside down and checking it and op opening everything, flipping every book just to make sure there are no beads in there. That's so funny. That's fun when friends do that. I had a friend watch my dogs and he printed a picture of his face like that big. And there were hundreds of them in my house. And I was hoping to find some. It's been years since I found them, but... I did not, sadly. One day. But it's just, you know, it's a fun little reminder of your friend. Yeah, my uh, my cousin did that once. He was house-sitting for us while we were away and when we came back. He didn't go little. He went full A4. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere, inside of cupboards, in the fridge. And uh, we had a bathroom upstairs um, on sort of the top floor that we almost never used. It was sort of in a sort of top floor guest room thing. And uh, there was a bathroom in there. And I think it was about two months, two or three months after this shenanigan where we'd all forgotten about it. We lifted the toilet seat upstairs and there's just his face. <laughs> 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 I think I just put the toilet seat down and left and went and used a different loo. I was like, no, 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 no. We did so, that once. We stayed with a friend in Chicago and we went to like all the dollar stores we could find and bought all the gnomes, just traveling gnomes. And we hid gnomes everywhere in her house and in her yard and everywhere it took her a long time to find them all it's something it's similar to finding the lost things there is some it's like a scavenger hunt like a treasure hunt there is a sort of really addictive joy in looking and finding things it's there mm -hmm. is something to it and that sort of collection how we all have collections of something you know i used to collect pokemon cards i'm a you know a millennial i went through that phase and I, I also have a collection of um, found notes. So anytime I see a note, a handwritten note about anything, 90% of them are shopping lists, but sometimes you get the odd piece of uh, odd interesting thing. And my prize, one of those, is a short story written on a napkin. Oh, that's oh. awesome. And... It, it's so cool. The short, it's very, it's, it, it's almost reads like it was somebody's homework. Like it was, it reads a little, you know, sort of not like it's somebody's plan to, for a, for a future script or anything more like somebody's homework. It was about a young boy called Arthur um, buying apples for his mother. And then some kind of emotional thing happens, but it's, it's Someone's just, like, I love it. Not turning that homework in, you know? Mm, yeah. Oh, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, rather than the dog ate my homework, the TikToker stole my homework. <laughs> Put it in a folder. Now I can't get it. Oh, gosh. Of course, how cool would it be if it ends up being like the next Harry Potter series or something? And you're like, I've got this concept napkin for this Absolutely. book and you can sell it for lots of money. I'll have to keep an eye out for any films about sort of <laughs> the emotional metaphor of giving an apple to your mother as a gift or something like that. It's very weird. My name Arthur and apples. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, Murray, you got to ask about chaotic cooking. I know. Before we wrap up. Before we wrap up. So I loved, I watched, oh my gosh, I don't even remember what you made now, but it was like a chaotic cooking video on TikTok. How did, how did that come about? And uh, please more. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> I, I very much want to do more chaotic cooking videos. The 
main limiting the main limiting factor for those is obviously while you're cooking you've got to use both hands and when you're trying to film at the same time it can just get a bit a bit mixed up and you don't want to drop your phone in the pan of pasta water or anything like that but again once i move again i'm going to have a a much uh, better space for that and uh, and we're moving in with a friend who's uh, going to be at home a lot and she said she will help me with any recording uh fool fool <laughs> she she doesn't know what she's getting into but <laughs> <laughs> but one of my uh the first chaotic cooking video essentially came about because a friend of mine came over and offered to record it i said i'd always wanted to do this but i couldn't get the angles right and he said no worries i'll i'll film you just tell me what to do and it essentially came about similar to everything that i i approach most things in life with a similar chaotic attitude and i think you see a lot of cookery shows uh and a lot of you know uh, things that i think make cooking feel very inaccessible and like cooking has to have strict rules and that you can do it very wrong and that you need to measure things out and I I hear a lot of people who think oh I don't really want to cook because I, I, I you know scared of doing it wrong and things like that and I'm like baking is a science there is some some kind of strange witchcraft around baking <laughs> that you have to get everything the right levels otherwise it's all going to fall apart cooking much more of an art much more chaotic in that sense that you can mess around with it you can you know the recipe is more like guidelines rather than rules you can mess with the recipe you can change things about there are precious few things that are that precise the water to the water to rice ratio for cooking rice that's kind of the only thing that has right that's the main one other than that you can be very slapdash with pretty much everything and i kind of much like anything i i wanted to show people that this is what I'm like in the kitchen. I throw things in, I experiment. The recipe says one thing and I think, nah, maybe not. I'll do this other thing. It'll be fine. And it is, it always is fine. And it's always good fun. And letting go and relaxing and, and leaning into the chaos instead of trying to control everything I has helped, just helps me be a lot happier and weirdly more relaxed about it. Leaning into this very intense chaotic attitude has actually weirdly led to me being a lot more relaxed about things because once you accept that you don't have to control everything it's things get a lot easier yeah i call Great. myself a dump cook so i love I, it i like chaotic cooking as well so we have one last question for you i think i watched one of your videos today you're doing 28 shenanigans and support yes. for fnd and i i think you said your partner has fnd what is that and what is this cause all about so uh fnd it's it's actually my my best friend gabby has it not my partner but okay. uh but uh we spend a lot of time together so um FND is functional neurological disorder and she was diagnosed with it fairly recently it has absolutely turned her life entirely upside down. It is a very misunderstood or, or not known about condition. Like most things with neurology, it just messes with your bodily functions. So she has these tics where um, she'll be trying to do something and her whole arm will just jump up. And she used to be a dentist. And obviously you can't be a dentist if your body is going to be doing spasms or, or unpredictable things. So very unfortunately, she had to she had to retire. So she had to take medical retirement because she couldn't she couldn't do her job anymore. And the thing that's such that that made us sort of angry about that is I have multiple sclerosis, which is also a neurological condition, but it is much better understood, much better funded, much better known about. I have support nurses. I have hundreds of numbers that I can call. I have, there are so many support networks, support groups, so much funding. The medication for MS is doing so well. And actually my condition has not impacted my life hugely because of all of the funding for it. FND, she has no nurses, no funding, no support. And yet it has impacted her life so much more than my condition has impacted mine. And so we really just want to get more people to learn about it, to look it up, to understand it in sort of the hope that it could be taken as seriously as other similar neurological conditions like MS, um, mm -hmm. like fibromyalgia and things like that, and just more, more support. But it essentially is functional neurological disorder. It is a disorder with your 
neurons and your brain synapses. So all of those things in your brain, such a complicated thing, they're not communicating with each other. So your body will just do random things and you will get very, very fatigued. There are some days we're out walking and she will just suddenly slump down and we have to almost carry her home so that she can just sit on a sofa and fall asleep. But she's not asleep. She says that she's, she's fully aware. She can still hear everything. She's still aware of everything around her. She just can't move. It's mm. so debilitating and so awful. Mm. And we're just desperate to, to make it a little more known about and understood and hopefully funded so that um, it, there can be some help and support for those who are suffering with it as well. Well, thank you and for you're doing that. 28 chaotic things. 28 chaotic shenanigans. To raise awareness. Right? Oh, to yeah. raise awareness. <laughs> Got to stick on brand. I'm very, very, I, I actually really appreciated FND. They, they, they um, FND Hope is the website that uh, initiated the challenge. And I really appreciate this, actually. They said that they want you to do 28 things over 28 days. And those things could be anything from going from running 28 miles if you're a very active person diving 28 feet maybe if you are <laughs> scuba diving or taking 28 steps baking 28 cakes i really appreciate when a, especially a a, a um, charity based around something that involves a fatigue or limiting element recognizes that doing something once a day every day is actually can be really challenging and cannot be achievable and that doing something very extreme yes it's a challenge but also you want it to be achievable so adding a level of flexibility in that so being a, i can do i'm doing 28 things over 28 days not doing one a day as you may have seen the first video was out about a week and a half ago and i haven't uploaded one since <laughs> so i'm not doing one a day i'm gonna have a few a day and upload them obviously my editing thing takes a little longer but they, they've allowed for their challenge a level of flexibility that just makes it so much more achievable. And I think that is very important to recognize that. Not everyone can do something every day because it's that sort of level of consistency is actually surprisingly difficult. Yeah, that's something we certainly try and do is reach everybody's abilities and time zones and all that kind of stuff. And I, I believe the sirens are gonna have to, to donate to the cause and We'll, we'll send you something chaotically shenanigany to do. <laughs> Excellent. That would be amazing. I would love to be set some kind of chaotic challenge by you. That would be yes. wonderful. Awesome. Well, our challenge for our listeners this week is to, for about a week, go out and try to find a daily rainbow and then let us know how you did. Tag us in your pics and use the hashtag Siren Soapbox on all the social medias. Emily, I appreciate your positivity and your spirit. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. I've had an absolute blast. Uh, if you want to find me online, you can find me at Emily Dubious, not Emily Dubois, as many people have <laughs> mistaken it for, um, at Emily Dubious on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter. Uh, those are probably the best places to find me. Great. Thank you so much. And Sirens, I loved hearing where you found your rainbows. Thank you for sharing them with us. And thank you, fellow explorers, for listening to this episode. Head over to sirensoapbox.com to check out our blog for pics of our rainbows. And make sure you click like and subscribe wherever you're listening right now so that you don't miss a single episode. And until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. We got two people in a row now have done it. I know. That's, awesome. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag your latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.